Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. Well, the fire of the Holy Spirit is being poured out in this very moment. And it is a fire that will burn and be contagious and it will begin to flow like a mighty flame. And that fire will begin to burn out of you the chaff of the world. It will begin to purge you and cleanse you and cause you to be refined even as gold is refined by the fires of God and made perfect and pure. So allow the fire of the Spirit of God to begin to flow through you. And I've called you to come and hear, for I am placing a fresh anointing of fire and passion upon these that stand before you. And they shall be the flame, and their flame shall flow from you and to others until it flows out of this church into the city. And it shall flow around the region, and it will begin to flow to the cities and the places that they're even close to this region. And it will flow across this nation, for I have called this church to rise up in the fire and the glory of God and to be a light shining into the world to receive the fire, receive the anointing, receive the glory, receive the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit flowing in you, and it will begin to burn a passion and a purpose in you that when you rise up, it'll not just be you, it'll be the power of the Holy Ghost flowing through you. When you speak, it'll not just be you speaking, but it'll be the fire of God flowing through your words, and your words will go forth, and it'll burn in the hearts of the people, and Say glory, glory, glory. That was in 2016. The next year, God said, equip them. In 2018, you still aren't there. Keep equipping. 2019, keep equipping. 2020, it's time to reign. The enemy always catches a glimpse of, thing, of God's plans, and when he does, he tries to thwart them. He's done it since the book of beginnings. The minute the father said, I'm going to bring my seed through the woman, he's going to crush your head, you can see all through Scripture how infants have been killed trying to get rid of the seed. In fact, when Moses came into the camp and spoke to Pharaoh and said, God said, let my people go. The minute he leaves, you can read it for yourself. uh, Pharaoh said, you go make it harder on the Israelites so that this man's words seem like a lie. In 2016, the Lord prophesied this, and I'm going to go back even further than that today, about things that put us in a timeline. You have to understand the minute you choose to truly be a follower of Jesus, then you have been inserted in a timeline already started. There's nothing new. So you got to get that out of your head because if you are looking to try to be the person, the male or female, that God's doing something new through, look at me, look what God's doing through me, you've already missed it. 
and you'll already be a distraction. But if you realize anything that's significantly happening in and through your life is because you've been inserted in a timeline that started in Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to bring my seed. That really started in Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion, let him rule, and until he's in that place, God doesn't rest until he accomplishes what he said he'd do. Amen? So with that being said, we need to talk about labors for the end time revival. All right? How many of you believe we're living in the last days? Now, you wouldn't be mistaken because there's nobody further ahead in time than us, <laughs> except, you know, India, you know, Hong Kong, I guess. <laughs> Technically, they're into tomorrow based upon, you know, time zones. But they're still on this planet, <laughs> although they call what they're in is, what are we at, the 5th? They're already in May 6th. They're still on the planet. So if Jesus showed up now, the trumpet's not going to be blowing in the 6th, and we can't hear it till it becomes the 6th. Do you understand? <laughs> Okay, but we're all on the planet together. Nobody is as close to the return of Christ than we are. So for us to say we're living in the last days is correct. In fact, when Acts chapter 1 started, that was the last days. But we're in the last of the last days that Peter talked about in the last of the last days. This, this sliver of time that we're in. And the question is, is how do we respond? Did y'all enjoy Kingdom Rise? Yeah. Now, it's one thing to enjoy, it's another thing to apply. It's another thing to apply. apply. So now, it's first service after Kingdom Rise and all the guest speakers are gone, and your apostle and pastor is going to give you instruction on what time it is and where we're at. Okay? So have ears to hear, because it's a powerful thing. And so, this is prophesied in 2016, which basically almost uh, touches everyone in this room right now. And I'm releasing this on a Wednesday and not on a Sunday, Mother's Day. Uh, we do have a guest minister coming, uh, uh, Phil Privet Jr. be ministering on Mother's Day. You don't want to miss out on that. Uh, but I do it on a Wednesday because this is what we call the core. Those who are willing to come during the midweek. And um, although there are those serving, they'll have to get this online. And I'll actually have Todd, once he gets it done, to post it to the podcast, he will personally email it to those that are serving tonight so that they get it hot off the press. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, I have to lay a foundation because everything we do at Anchor Faith Church is based upon Scripture. It's not based upon my feelings, not based upon what I want to do, what I don't want to do. It's based upon what God's doing. And so our, everything we do in life is based upon Scripture. Matthew chapter 9, 35 to 38 reads this way. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, what? The gospel of the kingdom. And healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed, dispirited, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said, say to his disciples, then he, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is what? But the workers are, the workers are what? And that's like today's society. Everywhere I go, help wanted. It's like the workers are few. But it's in the church. Make no mistake about it. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, what do we do? Beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers where? Into, into, into 
What's that next word after into? Whose harvest is it? Whose harvest is it? Whose is it? It's his. It's not yours. It's not yours. It's his. So you got to understand the Lord is like a farmer. And we're going to see this here in a minute that owns the field, which means he has authority over his field. You do not have authority over his field, but he does. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So look at this in Luke chapter 10. Again, I'm just trying to build a, a foundation. We know that Jesus did this. He would send out laborers to harvest and it says this in Luke 10, 1 and 12. This is how he did. He says, now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others. This is after his 12. And he sent them out in pairs ahead of him to each city and place where he himself was going to come. And he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but what? The laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Verse 3. So this goes a little bit further than the Matthew account. He says, go, behold, I send Behold, I send you. Who's he sending? Us. Who's going? Us. Is the Lord going? No. Well, yes. yes and no. Yes, he's not going by himself or without you because he's in control and don't need you while you just hold on to wait to go to heaven. No, he said, I send you out as lamb in the midst of now isn't that interesting what kind of what kind of shepherd sends his baby lambs not even sheep amongst wolves oh my gosh you don't know the tenacity of our of our shepherd you don't understand what's going on with our shepherd. Our shepherd is like, I can put my baby lamb. They haven't even reached maturity. But if they'll go and do what I say, although they're a lamb, they'll look like a shepherd when they show up where I send them. Okay, he says, carry no money belt, no bag, no shoes, and greet no one on the way. Whatever house you enter, say, first say peace, right? Peace be to you, right? Peace be, okay, to this house. If a man, if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. So whether they're peaceful to you or not, it's really irrelevant, which means don't get offended. Don't get upset. Don't wear your, your feelings on your shoulders. Okay, let's go on. He goes on and says this. He says, verse 7, stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever, uh, what they give you, for the laborer is what? Worthy of his wage. Do not keep moving from house to house. Why are you church hopping? Okay, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you and heal those in it who sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, Jesus is not there. I said Jesus is not there. Jesus is physically on the planet, but he is not physically in that city. Yet they are in that city, and they heal the sick without Jesus present. And when the healing happens, they're required to communicate where the healing came from. It came from the kingdom. 
It came from the kingdom. The kingdom of God is near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, guess what? Some places just won't receive you. Go out into the, its street and say, even the dust of your city, which clings to our feet, we wipe off and protest against you. Yet be sure of this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. It is a false reality to think that you can go into every place and everyone's going to get Jesus. But everybody gets a witness. I said, everybody gets a testimony. And you got to have enough discerning to determine, is this a receiving place or is this a rejecting place? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, we are in the New Testament, right? Okay. He goes on and says this, even the dust, right? Verse 12, I say to you, it will be more toler tolerable in that day for Sodom than for this, that city. My gosh. But then jump down to verse 17, because the 70 return with joy and saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us. Here it is, key now. In what? So when he sent them out, he sent them out to represent him with his name. In essence, you got the name of the king. So you operate kingdom business under my authority and with my authority. And when you heal somebody, it's in the name of Jesus. When you cast out a devil in the name of Jesus, it happens. Whatever it is you do, you do it in my name because I'm the king. And when it manifests, then you say the kingdom of God's come near you. Now, if they reject it, which doesn't mean the power's not there. I said it doesn't mean the power's not there. It means that they choose not to receive the power that is in manifestation. See, a lot of times when God's moving and you don't see what it is that was prayed for or whatever, you conclude that God didn't do it. But God will not override the will of man. And there are some that will reject his power and make it of null effect, even though it's present, to heal everybody, change everybody, deliver everybody. As a disciple, you can never come off. God always works, period. If something didn't show up, it's not God's fault. The minute you question that at any moment, then you might as well throw out everything within the Bible. The minute you give one exemption to God being able, then you might as well throw it out. Whatever he said he'll do, he will do it. It says, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Now, why is it that Jesus says, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you? Well, because there's a spirit. His name's Satan. And all he wants is every other spirit to become subject to him, even God. So the minute you get great joy that spirits are subject to the authority Jesus has given you, more than you have life with Jesus, you're already starting down on a road that Satan got in. Okay? So let's just stay rejoicing that our name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life and we're just doing his bidding 
period. Okay. So with that being said, turn over to Matthew chapter 20. Setting the foundation. I know I'm going pretty quick, but it's very important that I do so because there's some other things that I need to get to. But I can't get to it until we build a foundation. So we already know this, that the harvest is great, but the laborers are what? Few. And we pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. Who gets to send the laborers? Who ha who's authorized to send a laborer? He is. You can't go to labor finders and get them to work the, the harvest. You can't go to the world. You can't go to the world and ask the world, how would you like us to harvest you? What makes you feel comfortable so that we can harvest you? What do you like? Because I don't want to offend you. Well, when the plow hits the ground, it cuts. When the sickle comes in, it cuts. And it only has one agenda, to get you out of a field that if we don't get you out for usefulness, you're going to rot and die in the field. And there's many people that want to rot and die in a field when God wants to harvest them and spread their fruit. So he's the Lord of the harvest, beseeched the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth what? Labors into his harvest. So whose field is it? It's his field. It's his determination who goes in. And then we saw in the next chapter that when you're being sent, you're going in his name. You're operating in his authority. And you're rejoicing that your name's in the Lamb's book of life. So he sends who? You. So don't, Lord, I wish you'd do something about this. Because I'm telling you what King Jesus seated on the throne is doing. I'm seated up here. You're spiritually seated with me. You go. I wish you'd do something with these people in public. You go do something with those people in public. I wish you'd do something about homeless people. You go do something. Are you hearing me? Now, again, don't you be going to some part of town God ain't sent you. Okay, because again, he's the farmer. Now look at this. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Whose vineyard is it? Come on, whose vineyard is it? It's his vineyard. Which tells us he knows that now I need to get the harvest. Now listen, he went out early in the morning. What morning was that? We don't know, right? But this morning is the morning he's deciding to harvest, which means yesterday morning, a week earlier, he... See, the problem with the church, because they're so disconnected from the move of the Spirit, is that you go into his field trying to pull fruit off of vines that aren't ripe yet. You try to close deals and try to do things that he's not involved in. Now, you can water a plant and you can put a seed in, meaning you can tell somebody about Jesus. You can talk to them about his goodness. You can tell, share the plan of salvation. But if they're like resistance, and nah, I don't want any of that, then there's no reason to push it. Right. Well, now, brother, if you walked out of Publix today, man, a car hit you and you died, where are you going to go? Well, do you think God knows whether they're going to walk out of Publix and hit a, a car hit them and they die? But boy, we try to sell that all the time. I mean, we don't. 
but churches do, people do, evangelists do that aren't listening to the Holy Ghost. I mean, I get it, but it's called, that's called scare tactics. Scare tactics is not how you get people into the kingdom. Love is how you get people into the kingdom. You trust that God is bigger. I mean, seriously, how many of you, you know, if but God, I'd be dead right now. Look at the hands right now. But God, I'd be dead right now. Well, obviously he had some capacity to make sure you didn't drop dead that day and go to hell. I said he had some capacity. So that means if you're like, man, God loves you. Look, I just encourage you, man. You need to make Jesus Lord. Well, you know, it's just not for today. Okay, fine. Apparently you need to grow a little more in what you're hearing. And I don't have to press at all. Because any pressure, that's not how God operates. So he went out and he agreed with the laborers for Daenerys, which tells us this, God knows when it's time to harvest and when it's not. All right. When he had agreed with the laborers for Daenerys for the day, he sent them into the vineyard and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those, he said, you also go in the vineyard and whatever is right, I'll give to you. So they went in. And again, he went about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. And about the 11th hour, say 11th hour. Come on, turn to your neighbor, say 11th hour. About the 11th hour came, right? Um, what verse is this? Six. About the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day long? And they said to him, because no one hired us. And he said to them, you go into the vineyard too. Now, let me stop right here at seven. You got to understand this. They didn't have those big tractors back then. Okay. Which means when you got hired by a landowner to work his harvest, he employed you till the harvest was done. So that's why they would hang out even till the 11th hour. Because if they picked him up for just an hour, that means tomorrow. They get to go back to that field because they are employed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you, you've been, you've been employed at a place where they went through an orientation and you only worked like a couple hours or three hours during orientation. They sent you home and then they scheduled you a few days later and you came in and worked that. And you, were, you didn't lose your employment just because you worked a few times during your orientation, got paid a little bit to do those hours, and then they bring you in full time at some other place. Same thing here. These guys are like, if somebody, just, they, we, where are we going to go? If we go home in the last hour, we could miss out. So we want to have an opportunity. So you understand this. Okay. So again, they had not been picked up. They obviously wanted to work. They wanted to be a part of somebody's harvest. Now, verse um, 8 said, when the evening came, the, uh, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their ways, beginning with the last group to the first. When those hired about the 11th hour came, each one received a denarius. Oh, Sharabasite. Mm. Marcus, come up here. Hurry, run. Matthew, come up here. Y'all get in a line. Line it up. Hallelujah. 
Y'all doing all right? Amen. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? He said, um, <laughs> Ooh, Marlene, come up here. Come on. Yeah, that's my mother-in-law. That's right. You know, I, I used to work for her. Yeah. Now she works for the Lord with me. It's kind of how that is. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, so it says, um, what verse was I in? Verse 11, right? And when they received, uh, no, verse 10. Uh, when those hired first came, or nine, uh, those hired about the 11th hour, each one received a denarius. And when the, those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they what? What did they do? What did they do? They grumbled at the landowner saying, these last men have worked only one hour and we have made them, you've made them equal with us who have borne the burden of the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to one of them, friend, am I doing, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what is yours and go, but I wish to give to the last man the same as you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with what is my own? Or is your eye, what is it? Envious because I am. So the last shall be, and the first shall be, shall be. How many years you been with me? 17. Longer than that though, right? 20 something years. At least. Now Marlene, you know, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of a loaded question here because she's been with me since 91 because I married into it. But in ministry, 17 years. Okay. Matthew, 16. All right, I got any 15-year people. Come on, Gregory. Come on, Gregory. Come on. Who, who's a 14-year person? Come on, David. Hurry up. Come on, run up here and just get in line. Y'all going to have to come all the way across. Come on. Uh, 13. I got a 13-year. 13? 13? Are you 14? You're 14? Both of y'all? Okay, I got a 14. I want a 13. Come on. Come on, Mackie Jr. then. Pointing at your wife. Bring your wife with her. That didn't look good. I got to get more females up here anyway. What are y'all, 13? Okay, how about 12? I got a 12. Come on, right here, Miss Amita. 11. 11, John. 12, uh, 11, 10. 10, right here, Ricky. 10. Can I get a 9? 9, Amber. 9. Can I get an 8? Eight years. All right. Come on, Steve. Eight. Uh, seven. Been here seven years. Seven. Come on, Luke. Seven years. All right. Seven. Um, six. Y'all know where I'm going. Come on up, Bills. Five. Come on, Sam. Four. Uh, right here. Jessica. What were you for? Three. All right. Come on, Laura Wade and Scott. Two years. Come on up here, this little fine couple right here. One year, I got this one. Casey, come up. I want you. I'm going to pick on you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This is awesome. Now, all of y'all fall in there somewhere. I get it, right? Okay. He said, the, the vineyard guy came and said, hey, listen, there's a harvest in St. Augustine. I need you to come work the field. You want to come work the field? 
hey, there's a harvest, right? Y'all, y'all switch. Yeah. Uh, wait, you want to come work? Want to come work? Hey, can you come work? Yes. Can you come work? Yes. Okay. What were you, 15, 16? I was 14. 14. Okay. 15, yeah. So here's the very first workers right here. All right. Then we get into the sixth hour, right? Hey, guys, y'all want to come work to harvest with me? You know, can you work this field with me? Can you work this field? Are you willing to work this field with me? Okay. You willing? Great. That's sixth hour. We're going to the ninth hour. Will you work this field with me? Come on, will you come work? Will you come work? Yeah, man, I got a harvest, man. I got a harvest right here. Then we get into 11th hour. Right? You hear what I'm saying? Will you work this field with me? I had a dream. I'll never forget the dream because God translated the dream. Not all dreams are spiritual, but some are. This particular one was. When I say it, those that have been here for a while, you'll know it for those who aren't. But this dream was I was in this old blue van. And my former pastor in Stark, Florida, his name was Wade Adams, was driving me. He's the one who led me to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues and pointed me in the direction of Ramah. And we drove up and stopped at Mr. Barry's house. When I got to Mr. Barry's house, a guy by the name who used to attend the church here, his name's Butch Smith. Butch Smith introduced us to prison ministry, right, Gregory? Introduced us to prison ministry. And so I, he was there, Mr. Barry was there, and Randy Clay was there. In this, and then Wade went on. He got left with his van. So I said, I wanted to get a cup of coffee. That was the goal, a cup of coffee. So we opened up the front door of Mr. Barry's house and walked through. Now, this isn't your house that you live at. It is, but the house didn't look like the house you're at now. It looked like the beach house. Remember the beach house? That's what it looked like on the front because it had that porch. It wasn't your, you know, brick house that you have now, but it was your yard. <laughs> and we walked through, and the minute we walked through that front door, I was in Mr. Barry's current yard. Now, it doesn't look like it does now because his wife retired, and it looks different. But we went in there, and he's a collector of things. And so we went to go get me a cup of coffee that was in the back, obviously in, in the back of their house. And there were people that were in circles around all this junk. I mean, it was like just antique stuff everywhere, but they were in circles. But all around were a boatload of kids just running and playing, and they would jump over these antique things like it was no big deal. I mean, they just played so free. But I had these groups that were, you know, you could tell they were being trained. And so I was going, and then Reverend Randy said, I'll go and get that cup of coffee and went over towards a particular trailer that was on the back of the property. And I said, that's not it. That's not where it's at. It's back here. So he came and rejoined our party. Well, when we got there, it was like a bunch of hay, and basically it was a pulpit, really. It was just basically a pulpit that there was the coffee on it. Well, I went to step, and all of a sudden, all this hay that was around started to move, and snakes started to pop up. And at that point, I'm like, I got it. They couldn't help me. And as I moved towards my coffee, one came to try to bite me, and I grabbed it, caught it, threw it down, got my coffee, and we went all the way back to the front porch. And the dream ended. When I woke up, the Lord gave me the interpretation he said, the first minister represents how you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you went and learned the word of faith. And Reverend Butch represents every person that you'll get out of the, the chains of darkness into the kingdom of their beloved son. 
Reverend Randy uh, represented business because that's how we, uh, I knew him at the time, uh, more so. And Kingdom First Business Alliance will be relaunching on May the 18th, 7.30 to 8.30. You're going to want to be here. And so, but yet, a lot of times in ministry, people who have access to money will try to take ministries in a direction in business. In business. It's not that they're trying to. It's good intentions a lot of times. But sometimes it's off. Meaning you can't follow money. Is what I'm saying at the end. You got to follow. So I'm not saying business people are evil. I'm saying they can be prone to getting off the vision because they have access to income and I'll just buy it when this ain't a buying deal. This is a sewing deal. Okay? From there, Mr. Barry's place he represented the church. And the people that were around all of his antiques were people who were in religion. And they had to be trained how to get that religion out of them. But all those kids only entered in at the kingdom. They didn't have a religious thought in their mind. And they were so free, so anything that was religious, they could jump over and play around it like it was no... It, they had no hindrances to religion. The coffee just represents a particular part of the vision that you are to accomplish. And once it's accomplished, you start all over again. Believing. And drink another cup. <laughs> but there's something as a pastor only I can handle in a spiritual realm. There's some aspects of the vision that requires me to deal with the devil. And deal with the enemy. But yet, I'm not without people that got my back. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God dropped the kingdom on us in June of 2009. And there was a prophecy given a year before that by the Durants that said these words. It has, it, uh, even as it's been said before, you don't have 20 years to build it, but it's going to come quicker, quicker, and quicker. Even so, celebrating fifth year anniversary in four years is pretty exciting, which means we were a year ahead at four years. So this was 13 years ago. So get ready. Get ready for exponential growth. Right here on the front row, Miss Ilka said, things are going to be exponential. Same word in the spirit. But get what exponential growth was. Not only in numbers. So numbers are coming. But this is what really is exponential but in manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Get ready for exponential growth in power. Get, ex get ready for exponential growth in utterances. Get ready for exponential growth in impact and in manifestation of people responding to the move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the exponential, the emphasis was not really people, although people are included. It was moves of the Spirit. And Miss Ilka said on Thursday when we first released this revival concept that God's been dealing with us about that Pastor Marcy through prayer would begin to give birth to things and she said it would be multiple births. So she gave birth to something Thursday and then gave birth to something else on Sunday. And she's going to need a lot of midwives. They're going to come around. Now when I say midwives, I mean not just women because men I know you can pray. But if some of you are, are, are 
are, you lean into prayer, meaning it's your gift. It's an area that God uses you in. We all have individual things that we do. We are dependent upon each other, but we all have different kinds of uh, 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 tendencies, things that, that we're a little more drawn to, and that's God drawing us in that, which means if you're like, prayer seems to be my thing, then you need to be at prayer, period, because you're going to help birth some things. What I did not tell you on Sunday is that we've been at a birthing revival before. In 1997, my wife and the pastor, Wade Adams, who brought me in that van in this dream, in this dream he was the pastor of the church. My wife and I were youth pastoring. My wife was at home praying. I got, I'm not done with y'all, so y'all okay? Y'all all right? Okay, thank you. I mean, you said you worked at Harvest, so I figured standing up wouldn't be a problem. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Um, but I was cutting grass with Pastor Vanessa's father. We were working a yard, and all of a sudden, pa uh, Marveline was her name. She come up with my wife. Both of them are in tears, and I'm like, what's wrong? You know, like, what happened? You know, is there a problem? And they're like, we're going to revival. We're going into revival, you know? And like, okay, the Lord said you're going to preach it. What? And he's going to confirm it to Pastor Wade in three days. Three days later, he did. In the summer of 97, at Little Blue Church, that you could fit two of them in just this side of the sanctuary alone. Two of them. We did seven weeks of six nights and five weeks after that for four nights. And I had stacks of messages preaching during that. We saw amazing things happen, but not even close to what's coming. I always wondered why. And if that was just it, great. But when this started being spoken of, my wife giving birth to some things in revival, I'm like, I've been here. And then the Lord hit me. And I had to tell her, I said, I don't birth it. All I do is plant the seed. So I'm a seed planter. I plant the word. And it impregnate. And when I say impregnate, it's not just my wife, although she is alongside me. There's a, 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 an authority there. But all of we, when we come together, those who pray, in essence, we all rejoice. Because, again, think about it. Somebody in your family, when they get pregnant and you know they're going to be giving birth, you're like, I want to see it. And you get all excited. Oh, they're going now. And everybody gets happy. Nobody gets upset. Oh, I wish I was me. <laughs> I mean, there's typically a genuine joy. I mean, unless there's something wrong with you, right? You know, you had a bad experience, you know, and you're not over your bad experience. Outside of that, you don't have that problem. You rejoice. You're not actually envious that they're giving birth. In fact, some of you women are like, thank God it's him, not me. <laughs> right? And I, I, every time somebody gives birth here, I'm like, thank God it's not my wife. In the natural, that is. <laughs> In the natural. But I remember... The first time I was in there and my wife was giving birth and she leaned over at me and she said, man, it hurt so bad and there was nothing I could do. Helpless. I mean, it's all, all I can do is, you got it. You can do it. Come on, push. You got this thing. And I'm there as your cheerleader, but I don't feel the pain you feel and I'm here to help you and I want to be right there with you to help birth this thing through because when the child gets here, know this, I'm going to take care of that thing. 
I take responsibility. You ain't birthing this by yourself. I planted a seed, and now you're going to have to push this thing through, and now we're going to work this together, and I'm going to take the lead. Come on, you hearing what I'm saying? And I've seen my life over in prayer sometimes, and you want to go and help, but ain't nothing you can do. I said, there ain't nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Just got to let it come. Let me tell you something. I don't know it personally because that's not what God's asked me to do. He's asked me to, to oversee certain things. He's asked me to put things in motion and then they come out through other parts of the body and then all of a sudden I can continue to move some things through. But those who give birth to things like this, yeah, I know. Shut up, I'm not preaching on Mother's Day, but I will leave this nugget with you right now. God loves women. Because women have the capacity to be impregnated. Don't ever despise your wife. Because your wife, husbands, you can plant seeds and let her give birth to things in the spirit. Big deal. The Lord's like, I got to restore man. Let me find this woman. Big deal. It's a big deal. But I know that's, and anyone who's literally been in that kind of travail, you know, the pain associated with it. And a lot of times, unlike natural pregnancies, although natural pregnancies can go this way, I don't want to go through that, so they let it go. In the spirit, sometimes people don't go to that prayer place because they know what that means, and they rather just let it go. But God's going to find somebody. You know what? I think he's wanting to stop right here. But let me pick back up to where we're at. Because he said, she said exponential would come. She said, I'm doing a new work, says the Lord. And this is based upon Isaiah. He said, I, I'm doing a new thing that you shall spring forth. Not just here, not just there a little bit. He said, you'll see it all of a sudden spring up. All of a sudden, uh, uh, there's the blade. All of a sudden, there's an ear. All of a sudden, the full manifestation of some fruit that's been planted. Not of what you did. Not because of what you did, but because seeds have been planted in the earth. And the rain of the Holy Ghost is falling on the seed. And you have positioned yourself as a body to be a part of that rain. So get ready for it to spring up in you. Say, spring up in me. Spring up in me. Spring up in me. See, it's his harvest. Do you really think that we're the only people praying in St. Augustine? Do you don't think that somebody 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 300 years ago, you don't think that when Ponce de Leon hit this thing and some people showed up with him, they didn't start praying, Lord, send revival to this new land. So you got to realize we're in a timeline. But what you have to do is position yourself to be used. As Dr. Gee said, Isaiah said, here I am, Lord. Send me. But I know my deficiencies. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. So we got to clean some stuff off. And we've done three years of equipping for the express purpose of purging stuff in our lives. So that God could say, now nah, I can use him. I said, now nah, I can use him. Now, here's the thing. 
I got this group right here that's been working in the field for a while, and they came in, you know, basically, there was a three, I think there was a three-hour deal, so I could have split some of y'all up, right? Three, six, nine, and then I got my 11th-hour crew over here, right? And so, when obviously, when I found Pastor Marcus, he agreed to come work the field. I said, okay, I want you to come work it. Uh, why don't you take these five rows right here? Now, you take the next five, you take the next five, you take the next five. Now, don't you know that some rows have a little more harvest than others? It isn't you. <laughs> you don't determine how much fruit was already in the row. So what happens is Bill, he gets there and he's pulling. He comes out with 15 baskets, but yet Mark is over there. He's done three rows and only have 11. And you eyeball over there to Bill and go like, my gosh, man, he gets more, more's flowing through. <sighs> See, the reason why God has a hard time make it, having his move go is because people start getting jealous over the fruit coming out of <sighs> the rose that was actually already in the field before you showed up. I mean, it's not you healing the sick. It's not you raising the dead. It's not you casting out devils. It's the name of Jesus that's doing it. You just happen to be the one that's there in the row doing it on that day. So you can't come running in here and say, "Woo, man, I had three people that were blind. Their eyes opened up. And they're like, wow, he's got the working of miracles working with him. It just happened to be in the row that. It just happened to be in the row that day. Because you may get to a row later on. What if you never get to a row where blind eyes see? It's still not his field. It's his field. And in that row happens to be the fruit of blind eyes see, deaf ears open, the dead are, are raised, the demons are cast out, whatever it may be. It's still his field. But I know... I know the owner of the land. I know the owner. I'm personally acquainted with him. And I know the owner did this. Hey, man, y'all doing a great job. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you for coming and working today. Thank you for coming and working. Now, we still got some few more hours. I'm going to go see if I can find some more people. Hey, guys, meet these guys. We're all part of the team, right? They're going to show you. They've kind of been here a little bit, right? They got, they got the technique down, right? You understand what I'm saying? So you kind of just follow their lead a little bit. They'll show you, and they'll get you on your own road. And thank you for coming and working, man. And then, hey, y'all are doing a great job. I mean, but you know what? I think we could probably use a few more. I appreciate all of y'all coming and working. You're doing a great job. I'm going to go find some more. Hey, I got a whole crew right here that's been doing this for half a day, <laughs> Right? And so I'm bringing you in. You, you are the next half crew, right? And so I need you to just watch what they do. They got this thing down. They know what's good, what needs to be picked. What They are able to discern. They're able to discern now which one's right. We leave that one for tomorrow. That's going to get a couple more days here. We're going to skip that row because that's a two-day row. All right, then we're going to give you your rows. Then the ninth hour, you know, before I... Y'all are doing so awesome, man. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I just got to get more people to work with you guys because y'all are amazing. So here's the next ninth hour crew. Then we get down to the 11th hour. 
Now, you know, for the last 11 hours, the landowner's like, hey, Marcus, you're doing awesome. What do you think he's been hearing all day? Man, you're doing good. Thank you for that. That looks awesome. Now, bottom line is I'm going to pay you. But the God, our God always encourages us. He doesn't give you an assignment and then doesn't say anything. But all of a sudden, we're like, Casey, come on. Come on up here. I'm going to bring you down here. Come on. Come on. Man, look at this guy, Casey. Now, this guy, Casey, this guy's running. This guy's doing it. Wow. Man, I put him on a field, and he was moving and shaking. I mean, I don't know how he got this particular road, but, man, I'm telling you, just things are happening, happening, happening. Well, now, I've been talking to you for 11 hours how great you've been. I mean, you've preached in a church. You've ministered to people, laid hands on people, did great things. But I'm going to have, we're going to use this guy. Same field. Oh, I've been here longer than them. How come he's preaching so much? I mean, I've been here for 15 years. And it's like this new person comes and they're laying hands on people and this is happening and that's happening and this is happening. I mean, how are we going to tell God that he can only use Marcus, Marveline, and Matthew, and Greg, and, and David? Because they've been here longer. So they get to do the bigger miracles and the bigger signs and wonders. But Casey, he's just glad he's in the room and he can get scraps. In fact, Casey ought to be cleaning their shoes. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Because I'm telling you right now, as the move of the Spirit continues, God's not going to just look at who's been here a while. Because God's not union. God does recognize faithfulness, don't get me wrong, and God does realize what obedience to do. But at the end of the day, it's still his field. He can put this man on any road. And he can pay him the same amount of power. Because you understand the denarius was power. Money's power. So the anointing on his life doesn't have to wait. In fact, I'm where I'm at today because there was a man by the name of Kenneth e. Hagen who left his family, who traveled all across the United States and was in parsonages and in people's homes and in hotels all night by himself and staying up, reading the word, reading the word, reading the word, praying to God, praying to God, then eventually got this revelation and he puts it in a book that I didn't have to go search through all that to get that nugget. All I had to do was read it, and then God say, you see all that? I see it all. You can have it now without the hours spent. We should be somewhere else. Casey should be able to come into Anchor Faith Church and be able to propel him somewhere because I got all this that came before him. And when you see Casey working, be like, come on, Casey. You do this thing, Casey. Woo, Casey. You the man. Now, don't think Casey ain't going to get corrected. <laughs> don't think that ain't happening. I mean, because everything you went through to get where you're at. <laughs> See, 
Really, you first hour people should be like, Jesus, Lord, thank you for the hour. Don't think everything of the flesh you had to overcome, he won't have to. Don't think everything you didn't have to put down, he won't have to. But if he'll put it down quick, I said, if he'll put it down quick, if you'll put it down quick, you don't have to wait till you get away up here. You just put it down, put it down, put it down. Yes, Lord, I'll get rid of that. I'll do this, Lord, I'll do that. Move. Move. Okay, y'all can all be seated. I'm almost done, but I'm not done. Thank you, guys. Y'all are good laborers today. See, we don't, if we're going to be laborers in the end time revival, we have to unify. You hear what I'm saying? We have to unify. Which means we only do what dad says. He is the landowner. He's the landowner. Now, Brother Hagin said a prophecy in 1980. Powerful prophecy. And instead of me reading it, I want you to hear him speak this prophecy. Now, I'm only doing an excerpt. Don't have time to do it all. But I'm highlighting the things that are of specific interest to us. They're all good. Don't get me wrong. And we've spoken the whole thing out before in the past. But there's some very key things that I want you to look at. The words come through as he said it in 1980. I'm letting you know a move is here. Listen, it's here. It's not coming. It's here. I said it's here. I said it's here. But it's been spoken of long before today. Let's play it. You're right on the verge, right on the verge, the greatest move and manifestation of the Spirit of God that this world has ever seen. You're right on the edge of it. Just like one standing on the creek bank about to jump in. And if you will give the more earnest heed unto those things which you have heard, not only those things which you have heard about faith and those things which you have heard about healing, but also those things which you have heard about the Holy Spirit and the things that you have heard about angels and the things that you have heard about divine visitations. For remember that it was prophesied by Joel of old that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams and upon my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit and they will prophesy so not only will it be so that the young men will prophesy but the young women will prophesy and the anointing and the outflow of the spirit of God shall be great and amazing in these days but there shall be visitation of angels be not afraid but yet take heed even in these areas for Satan himself has at times come as an angel of light. But examine things in the light of the scriptures and walk in the light of the word 
And sometimes the angel will give you direction, even in your finances, and direction that would save your life, as in the case of the shipwreck of Paul, and direction concerning ministry as the, in, as the salvation of Cornelius and his household. And Philip, as the angel spoke to him, go down on the way of Gaza, and the Ethiopian was converted. And so in these days, there shall come a mighty manifestation of the Spirit, and the work that God intended should be done in these last days shall be accomplished, for the time is short, and things must be speeded up. And so you will learn much faster spiritual things than those of yesteryear, and you will develop much faster. And it will be said of some that they just virtually matured overnight, and they shall go forth to speak in the name of the Lord, because they'll understand the principles of faith, and they'll understand the principles of the kingdom, and they'll understand the laws of God, and they'll operate and minister in that area, and nothing shall be hid from them. And there's some who stand here now who have operated in a measure in those areas in times past. And because they've let those things slip, they themselves in ministry and in life have slipped. But they, they shall be restored. Yea, they're even restored this night. And the manifestation shall come. And the glory of the Lord shall rest upon him, upon thee. And his glory shall be seen around about. And the cloud of God will come and fill the house of God. And yet it shall seem as though the whole building is filled with smoke. Because you see, the glory of God shall be in manifestation. And great, great shall be the noise thereof of praise and adoration that shall go up from his people. And it shall be noised abroad. And men from afar shall hear it. And men from afar shall hear of it. And men from afar shall come to behold it. For the Lord shall be in manifestation in these days in all ways that he ever manifested himself, both in the old covenant and the new covenant, plus the multiplying of the spirit and power of God of these days. For as men grow wicked and more wicked, and as Satan, because he knows his time is short, and all of his cohorts and evil spirits go about as never before to devour. So the power of God, the glory of God, shall be increased and shall be multiplied. And it'll flow like a mighty river. Flow like a mighty river. Yea, the Spirit of God will flow like a mighty river. And many, not only hundreds, not only thousands, but millions shall be swept into the flow of that river and shall flow forth in praises and glory, for the glory of the Lord is in manifestation. The glory of the Lord will be seen on the face of his saints. The glory of God shall shine forth until men will walk into a place of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though he said nothing. And women will walk into a place of business and people will fall on their knees and cry out to God, though she opened not her mouth. For the glory of God will shine through. Yea, the glory of God will shine through. Yea, the glory of God will shine through. For the manifestation of his power, the manifestation of his glory is reserved unto this hour. Hallelujah. And if it could be told, if it could be told in a way that you could see it, even with the eyes of your spirit, if it could be displayed at this moment before you in a tangible form that you could see even with your physical eye, it would be very difficult for you to believe 
that which shall shortly come to pass. It would be very difficult for you to accept it. But as you walk with the Lord, as you prepare your hearts, as you feed upon his word, as you listen to what the Spirit of God says, your heart shall be prepared and your mind will be changed until you will flow in the supernatural as naturally as a bird will fly in the air. And you'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as a fish will swim in the water. And you'll flow in the supernatural as naturally as you breathe the very air. You will not be conscious of your faith. You will not be conscious of what's going on around you. But rather you will be more conscious of the flow of the Spirit of God and He will manifest Himself and He will accomplish that which He desires. For you see, these are the last days. And this is the end time. And what is done must be done quickly. And it will be done. And the hearts of many will be called to rejoice. Glory to God. So rejoice ye. Rejoice ye. And be glad. And praise the Lord. And prepare your hearts. And let him prepare you for that which he has prepared for you. And so you shall walk, and ye shall run, and ye shall fly, literally, spiritually speaking. And you shall enjoy the fullness of that which is provided for you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. See, this moment we're in is not something that just shows up. It's something that was always ordained. And God's just looking for a group of people who'll choose to believe God at his word. Now, he clearly communicates because one of the most powerful things that Dr. Gee said concerning this move of God at the end, this revival, y'all all right? Y'all still with me? Is this, it, trying to get a, or search for a revival or look for a revival is like hunting for something you've never even seen before. But we actually have an indication of what it does look like. What do I mean by that? Because Brother Hagen literally said that in the last days that this move of God would be, well, he would manifest himself both in the old covenant, he said in those days, in all the ways he ever manifested himself, both in the old covenant and in the new. This is why we read the Bible year after year after year, because when you know what Elijah did and what Elisha did, then you know what it's a candidate for what we're doing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you know how the prophets of old operated and how the, the apostles operated, when you read the New Testament, you can begin to get a glimpse of what the move looks like. But then there's a multiplying of the Spirit. Now, why is there a multiplying of the Spirit? Because Jesus has done something. Because he has not reserved this hour for it to be less than the beginning. Because the latter rain is for the maturing of the crop. Meaning the latter rain is for the mature believer to get out and hit the harvest in such a way that you're working it as naturally, supernaturally as Jesus did. That when you walk into a place of business, it was like Jesus walked into the place of business and the same manifestations begin to happen. Why? Because you're keen to hear. Raphael, would you come up? I'm telling you, it's already here. Because Miss Ilka said that this move of God would be like a dynamo. That it kept exploding on itself. Exploding on itself, which means it has an explosion. And that's like, wow, did you hear that? But guess what? The next one comes, and it's even bigger. And the next one, which means you got to get some small. Every explosion previous is less than the new one coming. So you can't discredit the first one. I said you can't discredit the first one. 
Because what we tend to do when we think about revival is that all of a sudden, because it is a little chaotic, it is messy, it is like, you know, going to require some things. But most of us think, oh, it's going to be like we're going to come to church every night. Not necessarily. Because again, don't try to put one revival in a box. He said by prophecy that it would be every move that was ever in a move plus the multiplying of the spirit. I'm not telling you that the Holy Ghost won't say the Lord wants me to hold a week meeting next week. In the month of such and such, God wants me to hold a week meeting. I'm not saying that that won't happen. But what I am saying is, is that whatever he tells us to do, we do. But we know this, it's not limited to the building. He's moving. What you got to do is you got to be led. And if you'll be led, I want you to see it's already happening. Tell him your leading moment. Come on. Amen. Well, on Wednesday, um, coming home, I had, I, had, I had to stop by Publix. And so on my way in the parking lot, on my way into Publix, a man um, was walking completely just his right leg. No, actually this leg. His left leg was stiff as he was walking. He was just stiff like this. And so I just... I asked him to just spring up on me. I asked him, hey, what's wrong with your leg? <laughs> I know. What's wrong with your leg? And, um, but there was, just, there was just this atmosphere of, 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 of confidence and, and comfort that he was able to actually communicate with me as if, talk to me actually, as, as if he knew me for years. And he said, well, you know, I got this blood clot right here. It's flowing down. I really can't move anything in my leg. And I asked him, well, you know, how long you been like that? And he gave me the time frame. And um, I said, well, you know, do you believe in Jesus? He says, I'm a Muslim. I said, well, great. Muslims believe in Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus walked on the earth and they believe him. Not like as I do, but I do know that he's a man that walked on the earth. And they believe that. So, you know, I can pray for your leg and, 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 and you can be healed. He said, can I pray for you? And he said, well, I've been praying for three weeks. Hmm. Well, if I pray for you right now, I believe you can be healed. Can I pray for you? And he said, yes. Amen. So I put my hands on his leg. And I just, very simple, in less than 60 seconds, I said, in the name of Jesus, thank you, God, for loving him. And in Jesus' name, you be healed. I said, now, move your leg. And he's just went like this. Just like that. So he said, he moved it up. I said, could you do that before? Now, earlier, I saw him stiffen. And he said, well, not that easily. So apparently he must have been trying to, you know, crank that up, but he couldn't. And I said, well, start walking. You know, he started walking. Then all of a sudden, another person came in. She was also Muslim, um, came in. And then I felt the wall immediately. And I said, that didn't intimidate me one bit. And I know he was looking at her and he's looking at me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, in my mind. But I already knew, you know, slowly but surely. And when that walk came up, I said, well, I got to go get my grapes in my mind because I got to go to Publix. But I did know this. I said, the biggest thing that really impacted me was this. I said, man, in my mind, after I left, you've been praying for three weeks with your Muslim prayer. And in 60 seconds, Jesus, you're going to go home and that's going to mess you up. Yeah. Come on now. Now, how, how easy is that? 
Again, we, revival's not contained in the building. Though it has a building side and there's a part within it that works. But I want you, it's here. This is where somebody's just like, just like you, hearing the same stuff, experiencing the same messages, but getting a little unction and just like walking in it. Now, listen, we put some cards out at Guest Relations. This is the time you do it. Because I've got some testimonies tonight that I'm going to release. Because we are not even a day, couple days removed from Kingdom Rise. Come on, Nick. Now, be very pointed with your testimony, okay? Y'all give it like you gave it to me. Don't elaborate a whole lot. Let's just get right in there and give us the, the headlines of what took place. But I'm show, telling you right now, all you got to do is begin to move as you're led to be moved. All right, so Thursday, after the last day service, um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine's wife. said my friend was in the hospital. I was led to go to Gainesville, and I went down there, and he, he was sedated. Couldn't talk, could, didn't even know I was there. I laid hands on him, prayed for him, prayed in the spirit. He opened his eyes and looked at me. And he couldn't talk. Um, yeah. But now he is. Oh, that's what it was. His skin was gray. Yeah. His lungs were white, and his eyes were yellow. He, his skin is now back to normal. His eyes are white, and his lungs are are good. He's he's still in the hospital, but he's. He has 80% oxygen now and increasing every day. Come on now. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit more because Nick works for somebody in the church. Went to the employer and said, man, I really feel led that I should go to Gainesville right now and pray for him. And the employer was sensitive enough to recognize this is God. Let them go. Now, don't think that this man here ain't blessed because he obeyed, but the business owner is going to be blessed because he allowed the kingdom. He let the kingdom go first and release the employee so that they could get the result that we have right now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, these are two people right here in your church that are just getting something. Now, if you've been starting to get stuff, this is the time to just, you go. I said, you go with it. You just begin to move with it. Why? Because it's like a dynamo. So my wife had a birthday on Monday. We celebrated her birthday. And then, you know, yesterday we had another little relaxing day because she's decided at her age she gets a week worth of birthday time. Okay? So... We're going to do a week. Well, then she gets this crazy idea that we won't go camping like today. So we set up and come to church over two hours and we're here. You see, it's crazy stuff we do. My point is, is that today, while I'm getting ready to go, I get a video about something going on in this house. Come on up here, Fred. Now say it like you told me now. I'm telling you, because listen, it isn't just out there, though it is out there, but it's also in here. Because if you'll expect stuff here, because again, we're not going to limit. You can't pick what type of revival you want. Now, I want an Azusa style. 
I want a Brownsville style. You know, I want a, you know, all the revivals that are listed in Dr. Gee's book, do it again. I, I want one of those. You don't get to pick. God picks it. He knows what's, what kind of manifestations necessary to get a result. Go ahead, Fred. All right. Um, we were at school today, and um, I really felt the Holy Spirit leading me to speak to the students. Um, normally on Wednesdays, we have chapel, and um, I think someone was supposed to come, but they didn't. But, um, but when I came um, to chapel, I was sitting right over there in that corner, and the Lord put a word in my heart. And um, it was Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. And it hit home for me to tell the students about the forgiveness of sins. Um, because a lot of the students at school um, even some of the faculty and staff, they come to school, uh, hearts heavy, pain, um, dealing with different things, the funk of the world is trying to get to them. Come on. Um, but that word struck home with them. That word struck home so powerful that this whole pulpit was filled with students in tears crying because they know that the word of God, that the Holy Spirit was actually moving in their life in a way that they cannot resist. Come on now. That they cannot resist. And when I talk to the students today, I talk to them about how can other kids or other schools in this community have more light than you do. And we got the kingdom. We got all that they want, all that they need. But it can't, what, one of the biggest things I told them today, what you do at home, when it shows up in the classroom, I have to deal with it. And that's the same thing right now. I know it's some people in this room, we just left Kingdom Rise, but you still dealing with some stuff. And it's heavy. You got hands laid on you, everything, and you still dealing with it. Why? Because the devil comes to steal, kill, kill and destroy. destroy. Come on now. And immediately after the word is sown yes. into your heart. Come on now. Guess what? He still comes to take that same word that you have implanted in your heart. Come on now. So what are, so, so. One of the biggest things I, I told the students was, are you going to be willing? Because when you forgive someone for sins, you have to be willing to forgive them. And I just, while Pastor was speaking just a minute ago, I just had a glimpse of this forgiveness, a revelation. When I got laid hands, me and my wife got laid hands on Sunday. And I forgot her name. What's Miss Ilka? Miss Ilka. She laid hands on me, and immediately, my flesh tensed up, and she swayed me back and forth for a second, and all of a sudden, I went limp. What happened? My flesh tensed up, but my spirit said, "It happens now." Come on. Something broke off. Come on. In my life that I did not understand. 
that I did not understand. And right now is that moment. Right now is the same moment I felt this morning, that heaviness in this room. And many of you got laid hands on and you were tense. You were tense. But you have to be willing. God doesn't want that, that tenseness. He wants you to be willing, free, open arms, ready. Come on. Ready. Come on. Because if, if you're going to be children of God, you have to be warriors. Yeah. Warriors. Come on now. The, the world cannot have more light than here. No more. They cannot. And that's why the altars are filled. At any point, pastor gives you the availability. Come to the altar. But mm. you cannot go tense. You have to go willing. Willing, ready for the Lord to use you. And today, it was just a move of the Holy Spirit. I know it was. Because they were giving thankf being thankful for whatever. And we're supposed to go to God. Our thankfulness is supposed to be a sacrifice. And I thank God for that moment because so many kids... We're able to lay something down that I can't even explain. Faith like a child. Come on now. I can't now. even explain. I know I have two children in my room that thank God for today. You know, and they gave their life to the Lord. Yeah. But I was willing to pay the price. I was willing to put my flesh down. And putting the flesh down is not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. But if you're willing, hey, once the spirit take over, come it's on, all now. said and done. Once yeah. the, I said once the spirit takes over, yeah. it's all said and done. Come on, show this video. Look at it. We're going to show it to you. Same place you're in right now. I mean, Fred just said it. I mean, why would you stay in your seat? They're open. If you need to lay something down, you ought to come right now. Then, man, they got into rejoicing after it was done. Come on now. Faith like a child. I said faith like a child. I said faith like a child. Come on, I said faith like a child. Come on, there's nothing to stop you from coming right now. If you got to lay something down, be done with it. Because at the end of it, we will be unified. I demand unity because God demands unity. And we'll follow unity because we'll manage the move of God. And we're going to do it in holiness. We're going to do it in truth. We're going to do it in righteousness. And you know what? God wants to use it. Listen, get it out of your head that it's a one-person show. Get it out of your head. 
because God's going to use his church. Are you the church? I said, are you the church? I said, are you the church? So you ought to expect, you know why they laid hands on you, Don and Michelle? You know why they said there would be a greater manifestation of healing? It's because you oversee our homeless. And the Lord's saying, I'm going to start healing them. You're going to start laying hands on them. I'm going to start doing He's putting you in a row. You'll come back and say, well, we went and fed this Monday night and so-and-so got healed and so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got healed, so-and-so got healed. I mean, because God put you in it. Why? Because there's an increase of the spirit and you begin to use his name and they don't have to be here. Although they'll start showing up. I said they'll start showing up, but they'll show up in the right mind. They won't be showing to get something. They'll be showing to receive from the Lord. They're not going to be looking for a handout. They're going to be like, my life was touched and changed. That's why God equips us and puts anointing in our lives. Desi, all I got to do is conclude that he's going to put you by some people that's going to require you to have a little bit of boldness to say, well, in Jesus' name. I mean, it's God. So again, quit waiting for a meeting. You are the meeting. You are the move. We're in it now. It's already happened by just a few responding. And I would suspect by the time Sunday comes, y'all gonna be run, some people are gonna be running to me and say, oh my gosh, let me tell you what happened. And do not despise any little thing. Because here's the thing. It's not your responsibility of what they do when you do it. Jesus said this to a man that was on a, a bed. For 38 years, I believe, as the guy at the pool of Bethesda, if I'm not mistaken. He said, get up and walk. And he left. And he was walking, and then he got stopped by religious people and chastised him for carrying his bed on the Sabbath. But Jesus found him later because he didn't even know it was Jesus. And Jesus says these words to him. He said, go and sin no more, so nothing worse. See, there's a fairy tale about healing that people pick up. That the minute you lay hands on them, they get healed, and they can never be subject to that disease ever again. They can if they get back in sin. And not only be back in that, sin, that sick symptoms, but worse. And you can't go, well, I lay hands on them. They didn't get it. No, they got it. Right. What they did when, it ha when they received is on them. Right. All you got to do is be obedient. Yeah. Nobody's asking you to make sure it works. We're just asking you to obey and be bold enough to say in the name of Jesus. You know what? It's not just homeless people that need this. Some of you need to go walk the beach of, uh, uh, of some of the wealthiest places and look for somebody that's wealthy and say, you know, the Lord told me to come up here and have a conversation with you because all your wealth is going to send you to hell, man. Don't be intimidated by any why. You got the Holy Ghost. I said, you have the Holy Ghost. So where are we? We're in the move. I love to tell you that it's going to be, you know, this like one moment. The moment's here. The question is, is how obedient will you be in the next thing that God asks you for the next dynamo to take place? The next dynamo to take place. Because we don't need Dr. Gee to come and stir. What? I mean, I appreciate it. And I know he was put in the body to do this. But again, it's not his responsibility. Though I do think he'll come and will do it again. But and the point is, is that when it's all said and done, it's really just up to you 
doing what God's assigned you to do in this location. And as you begin to touch, and they're like, my gosh, how are you able to do this? What? You know, I was equipped. Listen, you are being equipped. Even the prophecy said it will be as though they virtually matured overnight. That means they were in a place that grew them and they said, yes, Lord, to every test and they passed every test the first time. That's how a person grows up overnight is that every time the test comes, they actually do what they need to do the first time right. And they don't have to retest. Many of us has taken us years because we keep retesting situations that we keep failing in because we let our flesh. But there's a group of people right here tonight that are like, I ain't doing like the rest. It's kind of like my last, my last child. She watched her brother and be like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> she learned by observation. It's just better to do yes, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. It life's a lot easier. And some of y'all, y'all don't have to worry about half the junk half these people have been through because just say, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. Come on, just say, yes, Lord. Just say, yes, Lord. I mean, how qualified you got to be to raise the dead? The qualification is you must and those who believe will. Are you a believer? I said, are you a believer? I said, are you a believer? I'm telling you, God is moving in such a way that he is wanting to get behind and know there is a move of God here. Because in the past, you know, you're working it, doing the best you can, but the Lord's like, the harvest is time. So that means he's getting in behind you because we co-labor with him. And now you're getting right in with him and we're getting in one of those times again that it seems like no matter what you do, it never fails to happen. Because the darker it gets, let it. Because darkness will never outshine the light. I said it'll never outshine the light. The darker it gets, God's obligated to say, I'm more powerful. I said, I'm more powerful. I'm more powerful. He told Abraham, he said, the sin of the Amorite has not come to fullness yet. I'm not even going to go evict them yet. I need it to get worse before I show up and show them who the boss is. When he showed up at Pharaoh's house, I'm going to get to a Pharaoh that thinks that I'm nothing, and then I'm going to show him who I am. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. God, like, I'll show the world who I am. You know how he does it? He's sending. He's sending. He's sending. So let's go to work. Tomorrow morning we get up and we go to work. Tomorrow morning we take a revival to our schools, to our cities, to our uh, places of business, to our family members. We take the move. All you got to do is be keen enough to hear. And let me tell you, even in these days, God will help you along. I said he'll help you along. But the only way you'll sharpen it is you got to, because it ain't, revival does not eliminate the teaching of the word. You can't discern good and evil without it. Can't do it. And the move of God is always for the body of Christ and his church. And I don't know why it is. But any of these moves prior was a bunch of local people coming together saying this is where we belong. And it got birthed through those. Then outsiders showed up. Now you got to ask yourself, are you an outsider? Hey, outsiders get blessed. But outsiders don't get the first poor. 
At the end of the day, I don't argue with dad. But I don't want to be an outsider getting an overflow. I want to be one of the 2.5% initiator. I want to be able to say, I'm part of that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because at the end, I'm really just a part of something that started long before we even showed up. But he's looking for local people that say, I have no agenda of myself. And if we're using Joe today, we're using Joe. Prophesy, Joe. Speak the word, Joe. Whatever it is, Joe, you do it. And then we all rejoice because God showed up through Joe. I said, we all rejoice. We all rejoice. Right? Just like people got born again at Kingdom Rise. How many people, Fred, got born again this morning? About four or five. This morning. Not Sunday morning. Not Wednesday night. But Wednesday morning in a chapel at school that now goes home to their parents. A new creature in Christ. A fire just went home. I said a fire just went home. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So where are we? We in it. We in it now. I'm done waiting. I don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. All we got to do is believe. Only believe God's already settled in right here. He settled with us. We're right here. And I'm not an outsider. I'm an insider. I'm getting connected. I'll be right here every time I'm going to connect. Why? Because you won't know what's going to happen on Sunday. You have no idea what's going to happen next Wednesday. You have no idea when God calls us to multiple days. And you have no idea the testimonies. And I've got some more. I just didn't bring it tonight. Because it just would have turned into a testimony night. Because I want to spread them out a little bit. I want to keep you hot. Keep you on fire. Keep you pumped up. Know this. If you work this week and see no move of God around where you're at, it doesn't mean a move's not happening. God just choosing to use one of his kids somewhere else in another part of town that go come together and testify about it with you and you'll get to rejoice in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But when it's your day and your road, will you be ready to work? Will you be ready to be used? Will you be like, I'm in the field at any time? Show me what I'm supposed to pull up. Show me what I'm supposed to release. And then come back with passion and say, man, the kingdom of God manifested this week. Because in the name of Jesus, I said this. In the name of Jesus, we said this. In the name of Jesus, God sent me here and this happened. Whew. It's revival, Tom. But again, we're alive. We're here to awaken our city. And Pastor Hagen prophesied this, what was it, a couple years ago? 2019. It was the Winter Bible, and he was giving a prophecy. And right at the end, he said this. I'll never forget it. He said this. He said, um, was it 2019 or 2020? Might have been 2020. I know, but I got asked to camp meeting because I was COVID cleanup. I didn't do camp meeting in 19. Okay. Anyway, right, and he says, I just heard small town revival. The next time I got to sit with him, I said, Pastor, have you gotten anything else about that last little statement when you were under the anointing and prophesying about small town revival? <laughs> I don't know if you're watching, but big cities are, people are leaving. And they're going to smaller communities. Now here's the thing, if the small community, if they're staying with the Lord, 
In the larger community, you can get, you can get swept up without God. There's a lot of things happening without him. But if you go into a smaller community where people still are about the Lord, all of a sudden, they never would have gave him the time of day, but there's somebody that walks in that's got glory on them. I didn't see this in New York City. I didn't see this in L.A. I didn't see this in San Francisco. I didn't see this in Portland. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm not saying there aren't born-again people, but what I'm saying is when you get around a lot of smaller people that tend to have some values about God and still, you know, are Bible-thumping, uh, tongue-talking, you know, Holy Ghost-filled people, all of a sudden there's more opportunity to come across somebody. That now they can come in, well, I got some ideas for this little community. All of a sudden, well, we got somebody bigger than your ideas. Because they're all buying land and they're all building houses and they're all going to need some ACs. So Luke Taylor's going to show up with AC unit. And they're like, have y'all hooked the air conditioner up yet? No, ma'am, not yet. We hadn't done. Well, then why is it so... Why does it seem like there, something's blowing in my house right now? I feel, I feel a mighty Russian wind coming right now. What, what is that? Luke's like, oh, that's just me. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord wanted me to tell you. The Lord wanted me to tell you. Oh, yeah, and just let it go. Now what they do is what they do. It's this moment. Oh, man, when you go to the hospital, LG, man, when you go to the hospital, just be sensitive. Don't have to bring them down here. Hmm. How long have we been working on this leg? You know what? Today's your day. I was praying, and God showed me you, and I'm fixing to touch you. You know, I've been touching you for quite some time anyway, right? We've been working this thing. But today, something extra is happening. In Jesus' name, be loosed. And they ain't going to want to file a lawsuit because when their legs are running around like, I don't care, Jesus did it. Man, I'll tell you right now, Jesus did it. All the rest of your stuff didn't do it. But that name right there just healed that knee right there. I'm done. I'm good. And, L and then they go, where you go to church? LG says, well, it's Anchor Faith Church. What were you taught that caused you to act like that? Full circle. See, the revival's a full circle. Why? Because if you do an explosion in your workplace and then you get them into the church and then they get an explosion of revelation, then all of a sudden they then go and start doing what you're doing because they become this 11th hour person that we get to move up to the front. Then all of a sudden we got all these new people laying hands on the sick and it's just like this dynamo happening all the time. I mean, think about it. What if you never, ever got to lay hands on someone, but you Touch people with the words of God with just your life. They got here and then they started healing everybody. Don't you know you're in the same field? Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. 
And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Thank you.